Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday, May 11th. I hope that uh, your week's going well. We got some information coming out today in terms of some economic news, and uh, we'll barrel ahead on it in just a few moments when Dave joins us. But before we do that, let me just remind you again, there's only one thing that any of us can control when it comes to our portfolios, and that's how much risk you have. And I've seen that a lot of people don't know how much risk they really have in their current portfolio. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Light FM. That's John Cougar Mellencamp there. We've been talking inflation off the air. Now let's talk inflation on the air. It's time. Check it on your money. Philip Statler is on the line with us from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. And, Philip, we thought we were going to have a pretty good day yesterday, and uh, we ended up having a kiss in your sister day on the indexes everywhere but on NASDAQ, which, uh, can, which actually bounced back a little bit. Can we take any good news out of that? Well, I, I don't know if we can or not, other than it's a lot of green ink this morning, which I appreciate. Um, but, but let's face it. NASDAQ needed the biggest bounce back, right? Because they're the ones that have been suffering the most year to date. Yeah, the high-tech and growth stocks have been absolutely in the crapper for the last month or so, so a little bit of a bounce back was in order to give everybody the numbers. Uh, Dow was off by a quarter percent by about 85 points yesterday. Standard & Poor's off by 9.8. That's about a quarter of a percent. And NASDAQ, like I said, actually rebounded up almost a full percent, up a little under 115 points yesterday. But like you say, it's uh, like 25% off its all-time highs, so we could stand a little bit of a rebound. And uh, you just said we got green ink this morning. We had green ink yesterday morning. And I'm kind of thinking after uh, after the uh, government data dump information gets digested, we're probably not going to maintain a lot of green ink this morning either. What do you think? Uh, you're absolutely right, because I just flipped to my uh, – I hadn't even had a chance yet this morning to look at my futures other than when I got up this morning. And, uh, yeah, they, they've gone from bright green to bright red. Right. You see, I get the delayed quotes, so I was just taking a wild butt guess in the process. Let's uh, tell everybody what that uh, the market was responding to in that uh, really short time frame. Consumer price index, inflation. A lot of the analysts were expecting a substantial improvement. I'm sorry, folks, we didn't get it. They expected a two-tenth of a percent increase on the CPI last month. We got a three-tenth of a percent increase, which means our year-over-year -year inflation rate it is off. I'm going for any good news I can find. It was 8.5% last month reading. Now it's down down to 8.3% inflation, which is still a miss from what the analysts expected. And that's not exactly good news for the market if inflation hasn't been tamped down yet, right? You're absolutely right. And, and I think that there was definitely expectations yesterday and today that we would see a better number for that, uh, that CPI. And so when we didn't get it, man, did they reverse uh, course really quick on the indexes. Oh, yeah. And it, nothing really came out good news on the core number where they get rid of the really volatile price change stuff. Uh, the core, they were expecting a 6% inflation rate on the core, on the core number. It was 6.2%. Again, down, but still a substantial miss from the expectations on the uh, core prices last month were up. This surprised me. Six-tenths of a percent in one month, and that excludes food and energy, the stuff that's volatile we talk about anyway. So 
no, we ain't got it fixed yet. And now the stuff that uh, the, you know, the, the the core stuff is actually going up faster than the overall. So I'm, I mean, there, there's no good that I can come out of this report this morning. Yeah. And, you know, I focus more on the month over month number because that was, um, you know, the, the, the overall year over year went down just a, a little bit. But the mm-hmm. month over month, it was some substantial increases, like the core was double what it was last month. And uh, and basically the the regular, the, the total number was up more than double what it was in, in the month before. So I think that caught my attention actually more than the, the year over year number. Absolutely. And the core number is the thing that you look at and you really look askance at because the thing is, okay, food and energy goes up. You know, the price of kumquats, if they have a crummy crop, it's going to go up, and then it's going to go back down again when they have a bumper crop next year. So that stuff changes, and heaven knows we've seen the price of gasoline go up and down across a wide swing. We saw $4 gas about 12 years ago. Now it was back down to $2 a gallon, and now it's back up to record highs over 4 The core stuff, though, is the stuff that once it ratchets up in price, tends not to go back down again. So when I start seeing sticks, tenth of a percent increase on core goods on the consumer price index, that's when I kind of want to go beat my head against a wall somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, that is, those are some numbers that are concerning. And, uh, and because, you know, Hey, look at the core year over year at 6.2. I mean, that's a, that's a big number. And you're right. Those numbers don't tend to trend back down any. So that's, those are going to be prices we're going to have to live with for a long time. Everything has ratcheted up, and now we're getting into the stuff that uh, we buy and we can't live without, and uh, we can't expect to go back down. One bit of good news, and I'm taking any bit of good news I can find, uh, the weekly uh, MBA mortgage application number, the Mortgage Bankers of America put out a weekly report as to how many mortgages they got applications in for. Second week in a row, that number has been on the increase, and what I really found interesting is I actually found the report and was able to drill down on it. Uh, The Refinance index, no big surprise because the mortgage rate is now up at 5.5%. Nobody's refinancing anymore. It went down substantially, but the purchase index went up by about 20, almost 25%. The purchase index went up from 5% to 5% from 4.1%. So the housing market really hasn't tanked yet. I mean, it's slowed down, leveled off, no doubt, but we're still writing mortgages and we're still buying homes. We we are. Let's face it. The, the mortgage application rate that's that's some good news, especially for the real estate market. Um, as interest rates continue to go up, uh, if people are still buying homes and, and getting mortgages, that's good news for the economy. It really is. Now the question is how at what point are we in that process and cycle? So it'd be interesting to see um, for the quarter new home sales. Uh, pending home sales, that type of stuff is going to be critical, I feel, this quarter. It really is. Housing is one of the one of the legs of the stool that's needed in order to stave off recession. And as long as we're moving houses and we're building houses and we're selling houses, then at the very least, kind of like the unemployment numbers are, what we were talking about, whether a recession is imminent or not, as long as we got two of those legs going strong, the odds are against of a, uh, are, are against us going into a recession, even with the CPI dropping last quarter. So that, that's all good news. And you're right, that quarterly report's going to be real important when it comes out. 
It, it really is, you know, and, and so that that inflation number is just is, is critical. I mean, as, as well as the GDP number, when it uh, second reading of it comes out towards the end of this month, uh, we'd like to see that number go from the negative we had at the first reading to uh, I, I, it'd be a far stretch to go from that negative 1.2 to a positive number. But, man, I'd sure like it to get closer to zero. I take zero happily right now because two quarters of negative, you define it as a recession. Before we get to the reports, I was kicking this around with you before we went on the air. I found a columnist did an interesting thought. The way of being able to tell whether or not your market has hit a bottom yet is to look at the really good, solid value stocks. And they picked out Apple as being a bellwether to read. Uh, say when the earnings reports from Apple and when the number and when the uh, value of the stock ends up falling below the earnings per share numbers of the rest of the marketplace, when they fall below the average, that's when you've got the buying signal to turn the bear market around. I'm not overly happy to see that because Apple is about as well valued a stock as you can get right now. Uh, that's true. I wouldn't want Apple to be my bellwether. I'm not sure, but I found it an interesting thing. The value stocks and the really solid, well-run companies, when they go down below the average, that's when you've got the buying signal. And uh, that probably is not good news for the NASDAQ index because Apple pretty much dominates it, and uh, we're probably a long way from the bottom on Apple. Uh, speaking uh, of – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you're absolutely right. I don't see it bottoming out for a while. And I don't like that thought either. Speaking of bottoms and speaking of holes, how are Krispy Kreme selling donuts lately? Well, I was trying to figure out where you was going with that. But, um, yeah, so Krispy Kreme. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> they, uh, they beat on top and bottom line uh, for this last quarter. They, um, they, they have hubs. They, they do their sales by their metrics by, by what they call sales hubs. And their international market sales hubs jumped 49.2% the last quarter. The U.S. and Canada jumped 19.4%. So this, I say the sweet tooths are out there uh, gobbling up some donuts. So good news for, uh, for, for Krispy Kreme. And they're up over 4.5% this morning. That's good to hear. I, I, I'm kind of taken aback by the notion of their international business doing so much better on a growth rate. Yeah, and let's let's just add a little context here because they closed yesterday at a 52-week low. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so, going to help them today. Yeah, that really should. Um, so, so within, let's just keep with the uh, food industry. Uh, Wendy's also reported. Uh, they uh, they missed by a, a penny a share. They came in at 17 cents. Revenue and same store sales also missed expectations. So um, they're seeing a negative impact from higher costs for supplies and labor, of course. And so uh, they're getting hit this morning down five and a quarter percent. And that will be a new 52 week low for them. I'm hearing that word 52-week low a lot more than I like hearing. Exactly. We're, we're seeing a lot more of that, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, so we've got um, Roblox, uh, the, uh, the the gaming apparatus uh, that's out there, the platform. Mm -hmm. They uh, they had a wider-than-expected loss for the last quarter, and sales missed as well. So uh, they, uh, they missed, I guess, uh, the pandemic's over. So that uh, that demand has decreased a little bit for uh, for Roblox. So they're down three point three percent this morning. And for them, it'll be a new 52 week low. 
you know, just overall, it kind of surprises me why companies don't expect that when something like an exceptional item like a pandemic is finally over, or at the very least activity ends, that they don't predict that and the analysts don't expect that. I mean, it's going to level off. The stuff you do at home isn't going to happen as much when you're finally let out of the house. Exactly. You're absolutely right in that. Hey, another popular one that we've talked about when they first uh, did their IPO, and that's Coinbase. Uh, yeah. Coinbase, they came out, they had an unexpected quarterly loss. Hmm. Um, yeah, they lost $1.98 a share. I mean, that's not just a small loss either. Um, they were actually expected, get this, Dave, to make 18 cents a share. Big oh, difference. Couldn't have anything to do with Bitcoin crashing. Yeah, I mean, maybe it does, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> Coinbase noted obviously the decline in users amid ongoing slump, like you said, in crypto. So now less people are uh, are wanting to jump into that and, and play with, with crypto. So Coinbase, get this, down 23 and a quarter percent this morning. Again, another 52-week low at $56.10 right now. 23%. That's got to hurt in the executive suite. <laughs> wow. Well, and get this. They closed yesterday a 52-week low at down 12.6%. So in two days, at least right, right now, uh, they're down over 35%. Well, if you're going to go down, go big all at once. Uh, right? Yeah, really. I wonder when that'll bottom out and become a buying opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't come under my heading of well-run companies that I'm going to yeah. use as a bellwether, Philip. <laughs> hey, then we look at the oil industry. Well, we got Occidental Petroleum. Uh, they uh, they beat on earnings for the last quarter. Obviously, surge in oil prices helped them uh, quite a bit. Uh, they're one of the top gainers among the S&P 500 today, and they are up. Well, they must have been up earlier. They are down now, Dave. They, that's how fast things can happen when we talk about inflation, right? The uh, They're actually down 1.7% right now. Wow. Got yeah. time for one more. All right. So let's see where we want to be here. Let's go with H&R Block. Uh, they did report better than expected sales and profits, obviously, coming out of tax season and tax prep time. They did raise their forecast. Uh because they had an upbeat tax season, part of that tax season is in their uh, second quarter. So they uh, they're trading up today five percent. So well, uh, I'm good news. Glad there's some good news from somebody this morning. Anyway, even if it involves taxes, <laughs> uh, resetting the table. It was an off day for the blue chips yesterday. A little bit of a recovery day for Nasdaq and the growth stocks. And I'm just betting. 45 minutes before we open. I don't have good news on either of those divisions, do we? No, we, we really don't. We've got a, um, a substantial amount of red ink across a lot of different areas right now. We've got the Dow 30 down almost seven tenths of a percent. We've got the S&P 500 back down a little over 1%. Get this, the NASDAQ 100 down almost 1.7%. The Russell 2000s down three quarters of a percent. So everything's uh, substantially in the red. Even gold and silver are trading down this morning. Uh, we've got silver down about a, a tenth of a percent. Gold's down three tenths of a percent. And then to add insult to injury, Dave, oil's going up two and three quarter percent at 102.50 a barrel, which means it closed last night at below 100. We were kind of hoping the other direction would happen on that front. 
Overseas markets, everything was green at the close in the Asian rim. They were looking at our recovery yesterday and maybe thinking we might have hit bottom. <laughs> Silly boys. Uh, Europe is up by a little bit on all their major indexes halfway through their day. If you're getting ulcers listening to Philip and me talking about the markets being down, it means you've got too doggone much risk in your portfolio. Philip, how does Burson find you to get that risk out? You know, Dad, they can give us a call at 863 382-0037 to schedule their core retirement design that will help them design the retirement they always dreamed of. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And we'll be back here tomorrow morning to tell you what's likely to happen to your money tomorrow on the market and what the heck did happen today. Philip, thank you so much. You have a good day, all right? All right, buddy. You too. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Remember, if you don't know how much risk is in your portfolio and you don't know what that number is for you yourself, please, it's important that you give us a call at 863-382-0037. With that, I hope you have a great day. Remember, I won't be with you on Thursday or Friday. I am going to be spending time with Ed Slot, the national expert when it comes to IRA, 401ks, and that type of stuff in taxation. I'll be learning a lot of new stuff when we go there, and I'll bring that back to you next week. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.